Hello, and welcome to episode 95 of the Latter-day Ladies podcast. I am your host and your friend, Jenny Moss. This is where we talk about real life on the covenant path and how to uplift and enrich each other as we take our journey back to Heavenly Father. This weekend was conference and I am blown away with how incredible it was. I know I say this every single time, but I truly felt my soul just like be replenished by the words that were spoken by everyone. I cannot wait to go through these talks again. I can't wait to read them and study, Um, but I just wanted to say how happy and grateful I am for General Conference. Um, I did receive this question today, which has inspired this podcast. I'm going to go through some questions and give some answers and feedback on things that I've received on Instagram. Okay. This first one says, Hey Jenny, I wanted to ask if you've had any experience with this. I loved conference. I felt the spirit so strong while listening to it, but the last couple times I've gotten very discouraged the weeks after conference because I tried to do the things that I've learned and the things I felt prompted to do. And it seems like there's so many roadblocks and opposition. Have you felt this and what would you do? 100% I have felt this. I think uh, probably all of our friends here who are listening to this podcast have felt this, where you get so excited, you feel so inspired by um, something in conference. You're like, you know, for this conference specifically, I feel so inspired to um, come into contentious uh, situations with charity and peace. And so I know that in the next month or two, as I try to instill this in my life, there is going to be opposition like crazy in that area. I'm sure there will be like some really contentious situations that are going to be coming that are going to try my resolve to be charitable, to uh, up-level my charitability in life. Charitability, is that a word? I think it's a word. I think it's actually a compliment um, because the adversary would not be opposing you in an area that he thinks you're not going to do well in. He's going to oppose you where he thinks, oh no, if she starts being more charitable, she's going to have better connection and unity with the people around her. Oh no, she's going to have an increase in peace. Oh no. This shows that he is scared. He's scared of the things that you're going to do with the inspiration that you've been given. This is a weird compliment. The only way... (laughs) The only way that Satan will come for us is because he is terrified of our progress. And you know what? He should be. So don't feel alone if you're feeling opposition to the things that you've learned in conference. That's actually a sign that you're on the right track. Okay, next question. I have a woman in my ward who I really struggle with. It seems like we keep overlapping in friends, overlapping in events that we go to. And when I attend meetings, I try to be on the opposite side of the room. It's really hard for me to not get angry with her. She seems to always say things that frustrate me and make me feel angry. What would you do? So when we get angry with other people, it generally is linking back to something that has happened to us that has hurt us. Um, I remember in my life, uh, 
think this was before my mission. I can't remember. Um, but I was in a class with someone who really bothered me and I couldn't figure out why he was so frustrating to me. Now looking back, it's because I was really struggling in the class and he was so positive about everything. He, (laughs) it was like, he was just so stoked about being there and listening. It was in a music class and I was a music major and really, really struggled. And, um, I was put into a group with him and we had to study with each other every single week for an entire semester. And I was like, there is no way this guy really bothers me. And, um, as I came to know his story, I started to see the reasons why he was so optimistic. He had had some really, really difficult things that had happened to him and he was choosing every day to enjoy the blessings that he felt like he had in his life, like the opportunity to go back to school. And, uh, he was optimistic because of his grounded gratitude, but it bothered me, I believe, because I was really depressed that semester. Um, I was surprised with how hard (laughs) that, uh, that course was for me. And I felt like I wasn't smart. And so seeing him and his joy learning um, made me angry because I saw this man feeling joy in a place where I felt hopeless. But for you in this situation, I would say um, maybe think through the experiences that you've had and try to trace your steps back on the reasons why you feel angry. Is it because uh, she keeps bringing up subjects that make you uncomfortable? Start asking yourself questions on the way that her actions are making you feel and then see if you can trace those things back to a belief that you are feeling about yourself. Because generally speaking, um, my therapist has said this to me a million times, when you're feeling pain with a person in a relationship, it's generally tapping back into an experience that you had as a child. So, um, slowing down that feeling of urgency of getting away from this person. I don't want to feel this thing leaning into the discomfort of feeling angry or in pain around them. And then ask yourself questions, get curious and, uh, wonder why these feelings keep coming up. Um, I think every single person who is listening to this podcast will, would be able to contribute their own story on ways that they've needed to learn how to get along with people or create healthy boundaries with people. We are all in the business of relationships, whether they're with friends or family or ward members and, um, understanding that, uh, there is more that you can learn and love about yourself. Um, I think will help you be able to have a happier experience around others. Okay. Third question. I love your paintings. Thank you for saying that. It's incredible to see Jesus through your eyes. How did you start doing Christ-centered artwork? This is a good question. And I hadn't really thought about it until now. Um, Okay. So I had a 
painting and design business that I started when my son was born. So that was in 2013. That was when I started painting, but I don't think I started my business until 2014. And um, that morphed into a wedding stationery business. And I closed that right before the pandemic. And I didn't really paint from that point until, was it last year? I think it was last year. Um, Like the beginning of last year, maybe in like April or March or April. Um, Because I was having tremors in my hands. And so I couldn't really hold a paintbrush. I couldn't paint with a steady hand. So I just didn't try. And I my fibromyalgia had been in remission for quite a while. And so I started painting because I had woken up in the middle of the night and the Lord said, you need to start painting again on the iPad. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start painting. It'll be good. So I painted a rendering of Jesus Christ and he looked like his face was melting. Like he looked like a candle. It was so scary. And so I said, okay, well that was a good try. And I guess I'm not going to be painting. Um, but then I kept feeling like I needed to keep trying. And the first painting probably took me a month. And then the second painting took me a long time. And then I did, I don't know, maybe 14 paintings before I shared one on social media. And then I just kind of fell in love with it. And it's my way to feel stillness, my way to relax. Um, I love painting on the iPad. It is so incredibly healing. So thank you for saying that. I do um, love thinking about Jesus Christ and the many different ways that he can be portrayed. I try to pull from different nationalities um, that would have been in his area and uh, try to kind of reimagine different elements of him. So thank you. Thank you for supporting me. I love it. It's so fun. Okay, the next one is, I love seeing the videos of you and your husband. I think she was talking about my other profile, my Jenny Moss profile. I've been (laughs) posting some videos with me and Erin because we just are so silly. And so thank you that you love the video, the videos we've done. And she says, how do you build your relationship with your husband in the gospel? This is a very good question. Um... I think that Aaron and I really started solidifying our testimony together um, before we went on missions. So we were dating and we started studying Preach My Gospel and the Scriptures together. And that was a very interesting and eye-opening experience because seeing the gospel through my husband's eyes is kind of mind-blowing. He looks at things completely different than I do. So hearing his insights and opinions and ideas is fascinating to me. And while we served missions, we served like, uh, I think he left a month before me. Um, We would write each other what we were studying. And then we write each other scriptures that we wanted the other person to study and then to talk about. And so it's interesting and cool because our letters back and forth to each other have a lot of our study Um, and we were able to share and expand ideas over letters. So it was super fun. And, um, there was actually some contention when we first got married with our scripture study 
I had um, some anchors of pride and like pain where I wanted to feel validated or feel like my ideas were important to him. But one thing that Aaron does is he kind of, he'll take an idea like, I'll say, you know, God is our loving Heavenly Father. And then he'll take that idea and it's almost like he tries to find any sort of plot holes in that idea. So he'll come around the idea that God is our loving Heavenly Father and he'll try to prove it untrue. And then if he can't prove it untrue, then he's like, okay, yeah, God is our loving Heavenly Father. And he would do that in our scripture study and things I said, and I'd be like, what are, why are you trying to do this to me? And he's like, this is actually a compliment. That means that this idea is challenging me. So we did have some contention in the beginning and we've been able to work through that because we've been married for 12 and a half years. But um, I loved like how our relationship kind of has shifted and changed with the different experiences that we've had. Because in the beginning, you know, we were just young college students and it was easy for us to study our scriptures together. We had ample time. And then when we got real people jobs, um, we had less time to be able to study. So he would read to me in the car on the way to my job. And um, then when he was going to the academy, uh, he would come home super late at night and we would read together. And I was always, it was always really hard. Um, But when he got his first job as a patrol officer, he used to call me, he would do night shifts. And so he would call me before I went to bed And he'd like put me uh, on his Bluetooth and he'd do his walk arounds and make sure the grounds were safe. And I would read him scripture and we'd do scripture study over the phone. And we've had to do that, you know, when he's had traveling in his job or different things. And so our um, scripture study, our conversations have morphed and shifted with the different stages of our life. But I think... um, asking each other questions now, like about our come follow me study. It's so great because we're studying the same subject. You know, I'm not in the book of Mormon and he's, you know, over in DNC and we're trying to connect it together. Like we get to study together the same things every week. It's been really, really awesome. And I think most of all, what's been important is including each other in the things that we're struggling with so that we can search the scriptures for each other. Um, like if I have a podcast that I'm preparing, um, I'll often say like, Hey babe, I'm preparing a podcast about aligning my will with, uh, Christ. Could you keep that in your study this week? And then he'll go through and he'll find things. And he is, he's the ghost writer of the podcast. He's written a lot of given me a lot of ideas through the years. So, um, I think that's been a big, awesome, anchor for us. Okay. Trigger warning. This last question is asking something about my abuse, um, but I thought it was a good thing to address today. The question is, how did you learn to forgive your abuser? I'm in a similar situation and I feel so much pain every day. I don't know if I can actually do it. Well, first of all, you do not have to right now. There is no timeline on healing and there's no timeline on forgiveness. Okay. 
Um, my therapist talked about how sometimes with abuse victims, you have to take forgiveness and put it like off the table, like put it in another room and start healing through your trauma and then revisit the idea of forgiveness. Because sometimes it feels like the, if you forgive someone, you're going to be in an unsafe situation again, right? So what if forgiveness right now is the thing that you need to just put on a different table, put it in a different room. And right now it's all about focusing on healing your experience, healing your trauma and finding safety within your own soul. When you do feel like you're ready to forgive, I promise you with the help of Jesus Christ, you can literally do anything. I never thought I could get rid of the bitterness in my soul. I never thought I could feel positive feelings when there was even a hint of my abuse in the day. Like if I had a trigger, it would be days before I could feel the peace return to my body. But Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, our savior, literally has removed burdens from me and allowed me to have peace and forgiveness for my abuser. It is a miracle and it is something that is not singular to me. All of us who are victims of abuse have the ability and power to draw upon the savior of the entire world and utilize that power to let go. That doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. He will be ready to do that when you are. I love you guys. I love these questions. Thank you so much for sending them. Thank you for being here. I I really, truly appreciate you and love you. If you'd like to connect with us further, find us on Instagram at the Latter-day Ladies or go to our website, thelatterdayladies.com.